Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello and welcome back to the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. Hope you're all doing well. It's great to be back with you this week. We're in the middle of springtime now. It is, as I broadcast, the 22nd of April 2022. And what does that mean for the UK property market? Well, the children are back at school. And what that means is mum and dad, specifically mum more often than dad in my experience in our local area in southwest London, is on the hunt. They're looking out for properties, perhaps cleaning that hallway, painting that hallway, a sale of their own and they're on the hunt for a new home to live in. But supply is weaker than last year. Uh, we had the stamp duty deadline last year, of course, in March, rig- originally announced in March and of course was then extended to June, which made things very crazy if they weren't crazy enough already. But also it was different. What was different? Well, people then were looking to move out of town and mainly into rural and seaside areas. And that's changed around. And we'll come on to that in a moment. But uh, lots of things for you today. We want to talk a little bit about the Ukraine impact on UK house prices. We're going to go through that with you. Um, there's all sorts of other things as well we want to talk about. We've got a lovely quote of the week for you at the end of the show as well. So stand by for that one. Uh, but first of all, let's get into some of the headlines of what's going on in the news for property this week. HMRC, this is an article, by the way, in the Daily Express and Daily Mail. Quite often, these articles are picked up by several different papers. I think there's an economy in the share with a journalist rather than a separate journalist by the looks of the headlines these days. But in the March, the uh, Mail and the Express, HMRC figures revealed that home sales in March were down by over a third compared with a year earlier. Uh, North London estate agents remark demand still comfortably exceeds supply and corrected price houses continue to attract considerable interest while mortgage repayments remain relatively affordable. Some 114,000 property transactions took place last month, representing a 35% fall on March 2021. Well, we've already discussed why that might be. March 2021 was obviously the original deadline for the stamp duty holiday, and it was, of course, later extended over to June. Karen Neuer, mortgage expert at Quilter, commented, it's important to note that March 2021 was the original withdrawal of the stamp duty holiday. Yeah, fair comment. Absolutely what we were coming on to. Home supply tightens and sales fall was the article in the Times this week. The number of homes for sale is down by a third compared with before the pandemic. Demand for housing is so high that if homes continue to sell at the present rate, 65% of local authority areas will run out of property to sell in three months or less, according to Savills and 20CI. Since the housing market reopened after a seven-week hiatus from March to May 2020, pent-up demand and a desire to relocate to the countryside have resulted in the number of buyers consistently outplacing the supply. Nationally, the number of homes for sale has been running at 8% below average since March 2019, while the number of sales agreed has been 16% higher than average. That's in the Times. Now on to the Guardian. The Guardian are saying that energy efficiency can boost house prices. Well, unsurprisingly so now. And we're finding this as well, that now people are considering the energy consumption of houses for the first time. You know, it's very rare that people would talk about the energy efficiency of houses. But now there can be such a market impact and difference between certain properties that people are starting to take note. We had one particular property where our client was spending £160 a month on gas and electricity where most houses were spending more than double that. And that was a B-rated terraced three-bedroom family home. So they're saying that uh, almost six out of 10, that's 59% of prospective buyers told Savills they were willing to pay more for a home that was primarily powered by renewable energy. 
Uh, Savills found that more than two thirds said that the EPC rating was now an important factor when buying. Almost a third said they placed more importance on EPC ratings than they did a year ago. And that's certainly, we would echo that. That's our experience too. And this is an article from the Financial Times and it's business groups and councils warning that the absurd demands for new housing across Britain's cities will ensure the failure of the government's manifesto target of an additional 300,000 homes a year by the middle of the decade. This 300,000 homes a year has been a target for many years. We never seem to meet it and it's unlikely that we'll meet it in the future. And I think personally what the government needs to consider is that the small landlord is an important part of this mix and rather than penalise them with new tax ideas um, and use them as a quick soundbite for political gain, they should consider the small landlord as part of the mix to support housing in the UK. What's tended to happen over recent years is there's been a whole vilification of landlords and people have agreed with that because landlords have made a lot of money. They made a lot of money because the shortage of housing continues and therefore rents continue to rise and really at meteoric paces at the moment as well. And coming on from that, we've got an article from somebody that we never expected to hear this from. This is in the Daily Telegraph. Michael Gove, of all people, has hosted an event on housing and homelessness with Charity Shelter and says that even the most Thatcher worshipping home ownership fetishizing capital accumulating members of this audience support the building of more social housing because, quote, you want people to be in decent homes where they can pursue the jobs that they love and save one day for a home that they might want to call their own. Mr. Gove said the case for more social housing is increasingly well understood and is an argument that has reached not just maturity, but urgency in our political debate. Well, they say that on the one hand and on the other hand, they have a new housing minister every year and seem to sideline and marginalise the issue. So I'm not convinced that they'll get there. And the article before in the Financial Times shows that they are being unrealistic in the way that they're expecting builders to support this. And what this means is they give when they ask builders to build, when builders ask for permission to build a house, uh, there's a thing called a Section 106 agreement, which means that when you build a certain number of properties, you have to give back and you give back by building properties, particularly flats or houses at under cost back to the social sector via the housing associations for the government to then use or the housing associations to use for subsidised rental, um, which in principle is absolutely great. But if you push too hard, what happens is that the builders don't build. And if the builders don't build, then everybody loses because we don't get the additional homes that we so desperately need. But it's really interesting to see Michael Gove quoting Margaret Thatcher. And of course, Margaret Thatcher did sell off all the council housing. And then was the money used for more housing? No, it wasn't. It, and that, in my view, was the biggest faux pas of the time to actually take all of that money out of the social housing sector and then not invest it straight away back into new provision for smaller, more cost effective housing was a massive, massive error. Now, let's get back on to the main subject of today's podcast, and that is the impact of Ukraine on the UK property market. What's going to happen? Well, here's some notes that I've made, and I hope this helps you make an informed decision. Inflation. What do we know? Well, we know that oil and gas go up due to the war. They already have massively, and this is pushing energy prices. It's pushing petrol prices. So it follows then that all items which require shipping and manufacture, and most of those require the production via oil and gas consumption, and even if they don't, they require shipping, which requires diesel oil quite often, means that 
prices will increase because of this. What does it mean for the Bank of England here in the UK? Well, it means that they may find that the only solution to rampant inflation is to increase interest rates, bringing forward rate rises. So lenders will then have to tighten up their criterion and actually increase their rates in line with the Bank of England base rate. And we'll also find that there'll be another tightening as well. And the tightening will be that banks and building societies, when lending to individuals, will consider that the new cost of borrowing needs to consider the fact that fuel bills and everything else is costing that much more. What will this mean? Well, it will mean that they will want to lend you less than they would at the moment, because if your gas, electricity and other bills have doubled, then it stands to reason that the amount of money you have available realistically to pay mortgage payments safely within your budget is reduced. So I suspect that what we'll find is that many lenders will look to tighten up their criterion and that will take some buyers out of the mix because they will no longer be able to afford. And that's always pivotal when you're buying a house. If you can no longer get the loan that you need, then you can't finance that buy in the same way that you anticipated you could. So that slowdown is coming and those rates are likely to increase. So if you are thinking of buying this year, it's my view that if it's quite tight on finance for you, it might be the time to get in quickly now. This is not financial advice, of course. We're not qualified to give that. Speak to an independent financial advisor or other qualified professional advisor. But our view is that right now could be a good time for you if you're a first-time buyer and your multiples are quite stretched because it's likely that lenders are going to want to rein in their level of risk, especially if the market slows down. Lenders are always confident on the one hand, when the market is flying. But as soon as the market starts to reverse in any sense or even slow down, so lenders look to pull in that criterion. Although we are told by the Telegraph that the Bank of England want to unlock more British rules with cheaper mortgages and simpler cut prices, we'll see. Uh, what they're basically saying there is that because we're now no longer in the EU, we don't have to follow the EU banking rules. So while the market's flying, there may be some shortcuts for the market in terms of criterion. So that exactly reverses what I've just been saying. And my theory is that actually it's more likely to be that they'll tighten that criterion up because lenders, by their very nature, banks are cautious animals, and it's likely it will be harder to raise finance. So if you're thinking of doing it, and it might be a bit tight for you, could be the time to consider it. Okay, so then let's get on to what will go on next. Well, the impact of all this will be confidence will be hit. It's starting to be hit already, but we expect that it will be hit a little harder over the coming few months. And what will that mean? Well, it will mean some people will hold back from deciding to sell. And now let's talk about the Russian money coming in, because, of course, on the one hand, we have the impact of oil and gas. And on the other hand, question, what impact will the lack of Russian buyers have on the UK? Well, the inflow of Russian money has already been restricted by new rules, meaning new non-UK residents had to pay an extra 3% for many years. So that restricted buyers anyway. On top of that, um, some years ago now, Russia restricted the Russian buyers from buying overseas anyway. So that means that the sanctions will have only a small impact on the UK property market, if any. And I would say 
zero as far as the wider market is concerned. It may have a slight impact in the inner London areas, but because they're no longer a significant buyer in any volume, even there, I don't expect it will have a big impact. But of course, also, it's fair to say that those buying and selling in central London, it's almost like a bubble all on its own. It doesn't really have any impact on the wider market because, frankly, whether the person's buying in Mayfair or not, the chance of them then buying in another area which knocks on to wealth in other parts of the country is quite slim. They've probably got other houses all around the world anyway. It's a slightly unusual market that for most of the UK, what happens is that we transfer that wealth elsewhere in the UK. For the international buyers of central London, that wealth could be transferred anywhere in the world. Uh, America and particularly around Miami, for instance, has gone up uh, 20% in the past year. So you can understand why many international buyers with extreme wealth might look to other shores. Now, this could be a long conflict as well, uh, and there will be implications for the, all of us with this. Um, and the housing market is sheltered, however, by rental yields because they are strong and getting stronger. One thing that we found in recent years is that the rents, the demand for rental has gone up and this year, more than I've ever seen, the demand and prices for rental have gone up quite dramatically. Um, the demand is up by 62% year on year. And the average rent in the UK now in London is up 11.6%. And the average house price now in London is as much as £700,000. Now, it depends what measure you use, but if you use right moves statistics, then the average London price is 681,000. Zoopla's is 715,000. The average UK price, that's UK wide, is 288,000. And that's up about 9% year on year. So massively up. So there's um, still a rent and an affordability crisis. And I think what we're going to find is less people will sell and the, the demand will remain strong this year because, of course, on top of all this, we've still had the pandemic. There are still people that have been holding back their move and still some of those moves are being released. On top of this, London is coming back and we see that through the economy in London. For instance, offices are up by 30%. An additional £3.3 billion has been spent on new commercial office space in the city. Um, and this leads to more jobs, and those jobs require people to come and work in them. They're not all working from home. That's why they're buying the offices in the first place, after all. And those people will require housing. Then we think about the fact that London's still one of the most popular cities in the world and is recovering from the pandemic. Now, confidence is back, and London is slowly coming back to the position as number one. And we've certainly seen London rents reflect that uh, by going up so massively. The average rent is just through the roof right now. The average rent in London is now £2,193. That's up 14%. So as far as the market's concerned, it's not good news for tenants. If you're looking for a home to rent, it is really tough out there. Lending is going to get tighter. Uh, we've had record house prices in March overall, um, and rents are rising rapidly. What may happen second half of the year? Well, we expect limited property availability. And so if you're looking for a house to buy, your best opportunity this year is actually right now. We expect over the coming weeks, there will be less and less available because as properties come onto the market, they are being snapped up quickly. Then those sellers are struggling to find 
And we're doing all sorts of things to try and help our sellers find properties. If they're looking locally, we're making them VIP buyers. If they're looking elsewhere, then we're elsewhere, elsewhere, <laughs> elsewhere, then we're helping them to look by using the tools that we have available, the professional tools to give them advice on the areas they're looking and how the property that they're looking at compares with the broader market, what level they should offer on, and indeed sometimes doing the negotiations on their behalf, which we we'll always do for our sellers. And you can use us for that too, no matter where you're looking in the UK. We can advise you. Of course, we charge a fee for that if you're not buying, if you're not selling through us. But if you're selling through us, that's a free service to help and support you in one of the most difficult times in your life when you're buying. So that's it for this week. The sun is out. We're excited to say that the market's really busy. We're still looking for new instructions. So if you are considering selling, it could be the best time for a long time. There's a limited opportunity to get your house sold and find another one. So it's a great time to be thinking about getting us around for evaluation. You can give me a call anytime, 0208 679 Or email me, ken at jamesalexander.com. I've got a quote of the week for you this week that I absolutely love. And it comes from C. Joy Bell. The only way that we can live is if we grow. The only way we can grow is if we change. The only way we can change is if we learn. And the only way we can learn is if we are exposed. And the only way that we're exposed is if we throw ourselves into the open. You've got to get out there and do it. You know, I was speaking to a banker of client of ours very recently who told me that they'd invested and they'd, they'd gone in feet first with some investments. And, you know, the only way to make true wealth is by taking some risks. And in the property game, the people that take the biggest risks tend to be the biggest winners. But of course, they could also turn into the biggest losers. My experience, property favors those that are prepared to stick in it for the long game. So in the short term, nobody can tell you what house prices will do for sure. This is not an exact science. It's not a case of, look, house prices will do this. Nobody knows. You can look at various sound bites and people will tell you what you want to hear depending on what they're trying to sell you. But the bottom line is the housing market in the medium term always goes up. We know that. If we look back to the 2009, we saw prices drop by 15% and we saw them recovered within a couple of years by exactly that amount and then went through the roof after that. If we look back to 1989 and 1990, when interest rates at one point, some lenders were charging at 15%, the market then dropped in some places up to 30%. But again, not long afterwards, it came back and even stronger and stayed strong for many years. So if you're looking for a house to buy as a family home, then consider that it shouldn't be all about the money. It should be about when the time is right for you and your family, because nobody can really tell you for sure what's going to happen with the broader market. What we can say for sure is in the medium term, property is always one. In the short term, there will be fluctuations. But if you're living in a house for 10, 20 or 30 years, as most of us do, then that money is merely going to sit there anyway. It's paper money. It's only realized when you walk away from a home and then actually cash in. If you think about it this way, if you're selling a house at 500,000, in the local area to buy another house at 500,000 in a different area entirely. All you're doing is moving that pot of money around. Presuming that you had no finance on that, then literally if the value of that house was one pound, but where you could move to for one pound 
was exactly the same price where you wanted to move to, then actually the net effect would be zero, the same as it would be if you sold for 5,000 and bought for 500,000 rather. So in other words, it's all relative. The value of your house will go up and down depending on where we are in the cycle and it does fall into cycles and at some point the market will go down. Will it go down dramatically? Well, history tells us that it will probably go down somewhere between 10 and 15% at some point in the future. Nobody really knows when that will be. It's almost impossible to predict. So make the decision to move when it's right for you and your family. Don't wait for the market to do one thing or another because it will surprise you. The amount of people I know that have tried to call the market and have sold up thinking that we're at the peak and have then regretted it later is massive. Similarly, the amount of people that have decided that they're going to stick in the market for an extended period of time when they wanted to sell have sometimes regretted it. But most of all, people have regretted selling when they did if they could have held on to their properties. If I think of all the years when I've spoken to people and they've said, oh, shall we let out or shall we sell? And that's a conversation for a different day. But most people in the medium term, when they look back, do say to themselves, well, if I'd have kept that property and rented it out, I would now be sitting on a substantial profit. And that's true. But, you know, renting out a home is not for everybody because there are certain things that you need to comply with certain rules. And you need to make sure if you do that, you're with an agent that will look after your asset, will look after your interests and will make sure that you are compliant legally, most importantly, so that you don't get tripped up. So that's it for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back next week with another edition. Until then, stay safe and well. Look after yourselves. And if you can, your family and friends. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production. 